Welcome to the Makom Israel Teachers Lounge podcast, where we connect students and listeners with Israel by discussing and exploring current events and relevant issues. I am your host, Michael Unterberg, here as always with co-host Alan Goldman. How are you, Alan? Doing good, Mike. And that was not convincing. <laughs> and this week here with producer Matt Littman. How are you, Matt? I'm very well, thank you, Michael. All right. Well, we want to do a uh, quick news roundup. Quickly, just look back on the week of of uh, tension with Gaza. I guess tension's an understatement. Uh, we want to look ahead of at this moment of where we are in the coalition. But we want to spend the most time talking about this new United States policy on the illegality of Jewish settlement in the West Bank and claiming and saying that it is not, the United States no longer considers it to be illegal. Sound good? Sounds good. Amazing. Okay. So it turned out that uh, what the media was saying, what the journalists were saying, and what we basically repeated last week on the podcast turned out to be basically true, that this was going to be two or three days of tension that would then boil down. Well, more than tension, two to three days of fighting. Yeah. Two to three yeah, days yeah, of fighting that, tension, would, which is very that would then move to tension. <laughs> right. Um, right. Which back is, to uh, the normal tension. Ba- back to the normalized uh, tension that we have come to live under, which is, I think this is something like the eighth round since uh, since Protective Edge in 2014. So, uh, where it, it uh, feels um, routine. Yeah. Which is awful. Yeah. Which is a terrible thing that we just think this is normal. There's no country in the world that lives under constant threat of rocket fire and has an occasional, yeah. you know, there are countries that have occasional tsunamis or earthquakes. <laughs> Very few countries have, you know, every few years is just another rocket barrage that every no now it's not a few years now yeah. it's every few months yeah 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 so, and and of, of course we did wake up this morning to four rockets from being the fired north so, by, from Syria towards uh, yeah that's that's the Golan a, which were shot down thank God by the by the um, but Iron as we've Dome mentioned many, many times in the past our threat to the north is a much more serious threat so yeah. rockets from the north is strange unusual yeah. and. But again, if we talk, we talk again. Concerning. The Islamic Jihad is under Iran. The North is under Iran's influence heavily. Yeah. So, you know, could be tied into that. With and Iran is is definitely whether pursuing its uh, its nuclear yeah. options with more yeah. gusto. So Iran is looking to advance. But I just wanted but, to call, Mike. You yeah, you uh, said you really wanted to point well, out an article. We don't, I don't have that much to uh, add to to. You can listen to last week's episode about yeah. Gaza, where we interviewed your son. But um, but this week there was an article by Judah Ari Gross about three differences between this particular round with Gaza and the previous rounds. One of them is that uh, it's not totally different, but it's a, a return to the targeted, the strategy of targeted assassination, where Israel looks for particular militant leaders and kills them. We haven't done that in a while, so right. that strategy seems to be back on the table. That Which, might... by the way, was one of the um, uh, claims that brought down the government mm-hmm. a year mm-hmm. ago by Lieberman, uh, right? That Lieberman, we don't do it. That we don't do it, that he's wanted to bring that strategy back in. Yeah. So we should keep our eyes I know this on it. Everything be- has a connection to be- the politics. Because, yeah. of course, he was defense minister, and on the day that Israel launched that attack against the jihad commander— there was a new defense minister, Naftali mm-hmm. Bennett. So I think there's definitely something who, who also supported that. Yeah, well, that you can't idea. say I think there's definitely. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I I am definitely convinced that there is something uh, to be said for that. Uh, uh, the uh, the second thing is that Israel, in dealing with Gaza, has always focused on Hamas, and even if it wasn't Hamas directly doing the launches, Israel 
would strike Hamas targets. Israel saw as a pressure campaign. Hamas as responsible right. for when anything that happens in the Gaza and Strip treats them and as the responsible party. Right. And this time, Israel struck Islamic Jihad and not Hamas. And Jihad were very annoyed uh, that Hamas did not join in and yeah. did not join them and did yeah. not help. And them it out. was almost one of those: uh, the enemy of my enemy is my yeah. So good, bad, or indifferent. Frenemy? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think the fret is there. But it, it is. It is a strange difference in Israeli policy towards Gaza. They yeah. even said it openly. Gilad Erdan came out and said, yeah. "We're not holding Hamas responsible this time around." No. Yeah. These are not state secrets. These yeah. are. This is. I mean, this is in a newspaper. Yeah. Like this is what we know. Let alone what yeah. we don't know. And the other was that uh, it was just a. a a, a somewhat higher uh, percentage of civilian casualties, casualties yeah. than in previous rounds for various reasons, possibly because Islamic Jihad's structure is less right. formalized. So, uh, so that's I just, also like, something to pay attention. Uh, so, to. I guess for me, what this—if I would just sort of take the Sum lesson this, that I yeah. like—the lesson that I get from this is that we like we say it again and again. It sounds like a mantra, or maybe even gets boring or cliche. But things are just much more complicated than they seem. Yeah. When you're trying to get these messages across to students or for ourselves, so that we have to understand that, that all of a sudden Israel's now, you know, playing towards Islamic jihad and not the, and sort of playing with the Hamas. That 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 shows that this area is just much more difficult to understand than putting it in easy boxes or categories. But not too difficult for concerned yeah. people to understand, but you yeah, shouldn't yeah. assume most people understand it because yeah. it really is complicated, yeah. which probably applies to most topics. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Talking Where are we? Talking of complicated topics. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know how much we want. We, we've mostly avoided getting into the weeds of the coalition negotiations, partially because they're negotiations, so they don't have conclusion. So right, unless you really want to know the scores and the uh, yeah. batting averages and inside all that, baseball, you know? people really like this stuff. Most people don't, so we haven't gone into the daily news flashes of what 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 happened in negotiation today that the next day becomes irrelevant. But now we're coming to the end of Gantz's turn. Right, when we're we're recording today, Tuesday, Wednesday, twelve o'clock at night. Um, Gantz has until the end of his trial his period to form the coalition and it doesn't look like it's going to work whether a unity government doesn't look like it's going to work leading a minority government doesn't look like it's on the table so that means (laughs) (laughs) good pause there that means that means technically control goes back to uh, the president, President Rivlin, to then ask somebody else to try to form a coalition. No, right. Well, the, and I think the, the the laws, again, maybe too inside, but if there's 61 Knesset members who pick one guy that mm-hmm. they want to, then he gets, I think, 21 more he gets, days. He gets another period to try days. and do it as well. And then that's it. And then it goes to oh, elections. But, but if, if, he, if not enough elected members of Knesset choose a person, then there's no one else and it goes to new elections? I believe goes, so. I believe it goes straight to elections then. Yes, Which, to be honest, so. let's all be honest about this. We might as well just save ourselves three weeks and go straight to elections because I can't imagine there being. No, it's going to go to BB, and he's going to make the coalition. Sorry, <laughs> mm. you don't think it'll go to Sar or? Nope, it'll go to BB. Lieberman is going to come in, as I said months ago. They'll make up with the Haredim, and we'll and then it will collapse again in three months, and we'll be back. At Wait, so Alan, anyway. your prediction is? It'll, <laughs> is that seriously your prediction? Uh, that's my prediction. Uh, I'll live or die on it <laughs> because you don't believe in it, or no, I do believe in it. I do believe. I do believe that Lieberman will say, "I tried to bring a unity government. It it's going to go work, back to BB, and it's better. And it's better to have a government and now BB's than going to have a right wing government. Yeah, okay. and the, and the Haredim are going to give in on the draft stuff. 
Well, they already said they're going to give in on right, the Right, exactly. Set. So that's all is it, right? I mean, Lieberman and BB are having, you know, coffee again on a daily basis, you know. Uh, okay. All right. So well, that's, that's my prediction. Well, either way, we're either going to go Sorry, back to where we get were. get into predictions. <laughs> yeah. But. No, but either we're going to, so you're predicting we're going to end up exactly how we started, more or less? Yep. Matt? And it's just going to make people more frustrated with and the system. Cynical, yeah. I, and cynical. I, I didn't see it happening. I'm sorry. I think we're going back to elections. Okay. All right. M- Mike? Uh, I think we're going to end up in elections, as shocking as that is. And I, and I haven't thought so for a long time, but I'm, yeah. I'm getting there. Because the intransigence is... Today there was that great <laughs> ad from both major booksellers in Israel. Yeah. Oh, it was wonderful. It was terrific. It was such a great symbolic... You know, cri de cour from these two businesses that are competition, Steimetsky and uh, Summit Svarim. Summit Svarim, work publishing an open ad together saying, come on, Likud and Blue and White, if we can do this, you can do this. <laughs> and of course, it was great marketing and advertising for them. So good. So. <laughs> but for both. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, that, but that's sort of the point, isn't it? That, that when, when it comes to many so- sorts of things, cooperation, it, you can have a win-win. As opposed to being in a, in a no-win scenario where both sides die. Yep. Sigh. All right. Well, we don't have much to add to that coalition talk. Yeah. Let's turn well, over. Basically, because we're really waiting to see what happens in the next 48 hours. Yeah. And then then we'll have more to say next week. It is possible. You know what? Just for the sake of, of thoroughness, I will predict that there will be a, surpri- a, a November surprise. And then the next 36 to 48 hours, we will have a new coalition Okay. Right. <laughs> now, now each of us have a bet. I don't particularly believe in mine, but uh, <laughs> we'll see who wins the bet. Uh, okay. So, Alan, can you sort of go over, just review everybody? Big headlines. United States Secretary of State Pompeo has announced new. I could do the big headlines because I'm so bored of it that it's also all I can really see. No, go I'm for it. Be, sorry, not to be too cynical. But um, basically, uh, the Trump administration came out with another surprise um, foreign policy uh, U-turn. The United States, since 1978, the policy has been to um, the official policy has been that settlement Jew, uh, Israeli settlements in the West Bank, there is over the Green Line, um, are illegal uh, according to international law. And uh, the Trump administration last night came out through through Pompeo, the Secretary of State, as reversing that and saying they don't see it as illegal in international law. It may not be a great idea, may not be a great strategy or tactic for Israel, but they don't see that it violates international law. Um, and the and, Pompeo statement said both. He said, I yeah, don't yeah. think it's good strategy. Right. I don't think it's smart. But it, but it doesn't violate international law. And this is a, a, a turn, a, a symbolic turnabout, because really, what does it mean? I mean, it has absolutely no effect on Israeli policy or the on the ground or anything. Um, and I just see it as a continuation that started really with the move of the embassy the um, defunding the the um, UNWRFAGQ, I forgot the UNRWA. <laughs> RWA, thank you, um, which is the Palestinian um, Refugee uh, Committee that deals with that. And then declaring um, the recognizing the Golan Heights as uh, part of Israel proper and not. Um, and not part of, uh, and then announcing, and then announcing a economic advancement of life in the West Bank that's fine, right. that's economic and not political, and saying there's some big 
political right. solutions somewhere in the future that now the i mean then probably what probably what's happening like again remember i think it was two years ago now we were supposed to see the deal of the century for yeah. and we haven't seen it my guess is these are pieces of it yeah 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 that, yeah. Are, that are all the bones towards israel and well if they're serious about whatever this plan is then all of these elements seem to be leading towards right. that plan so we have at least a sense of it's right. almost like the outline of a puzzle, like yeah. the, the, the frame of the puzzle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at some point, they're going to give us the pieces which make up the inside of the picture. That's right. that's what it looks like. So that, that seems like a reasonable reading of what we know so far. Right. I just want to clarify, this is saying that the Israeli army controlling the West Bank isn't illegal, or this is saying that Jews living in the West Bank isn't illegal? Because those are two different legal Jew, issues, correct? Jews living in the West Bank. Jews living in the West Jews Bank. Jews living in the West Bank. Jewish settlements. Yeah, right. Uh, the United States no longer interprets that as right. illegal. Now, why? Are, I don't think they ever interpreted the Israel military in control as, as illegal. Uh, I don't think so either. <laughs> it was just that's a, a that's UN two four two that the United Nations said that it is, Israel has to withdraw from all territory. Right, but not it doesn't say, no, but it didn't say military occupation is illegal because this until this, this says nothing about military op- occupation one way or the other. Either did two four two. Right. So this no, but the argument is that the military occupation is is illegal because the Security Council said that Israel has to withdraw from territories conquered. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think most uh, uh, I don't think American policy no held that no, but yeah. American policy since the seventies has said so, that is that correct. Jews moving into the West Bank is illegal. Correct. Why? Because um, there's a restriction on moving civilian populations into areas which have been. Conquered one by under military occupation by by an army, so the argument has gone that Israel has been moving their civilian population into those areas, and therefore that's illegal. And that interpretation seems to be the one that's based on the Fourth Geneva Convention, and most international bodies have concluded that that's the correct interpretation. Correct. The Israeli Supreme Court did not accept that interpretation. No. And neither, yeah, there are definitely, there are even um, American legal opinions, not that in... in Many legal opinions. There's a a clear legal defense, which says what? Like why would, well, if the Geneva Convention says you can't move civilians into areas you've conquered and occupy, then why are Israeli civilians allowed to... Well, for a start, they're not being moved there. The government isn't sending them, they're asking. They themselves are moving. They're choosing to move there as opposed to being transported there or being moved there, which I think is... It's not a forcible transfer. Right, which is is the beginning of a very significant difference. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's that's the the, the first one, that it's not trying to get rid of a population or or put them into another place where they're they're further away from us, but they're actually... People are choosing to go to live in these areas. Okay. Um, Plus there's also, in terms of the... Who is the um, uh, the sovereign there? It was never clear. There's not really been a sovereign there, right? Um, so, in other words, since, when United uh, States when United States and other countries conquered Iraq, yeah. we couldn't build American neighborhoods in Iraq because we conquered a sovereign nation and after, But when Israel conquered the West Bank, it was conquered from a, an occupier, Jordan, the Jordan government it was conquered from an occupier. And until that, so therefore, we're, we're really talking about disputed land as mm. opposed to occupied land. Right. So if it's disputed land until that, and that seems to be the 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 line that the American government is taking, mm-hmm. talking about disputed land, let the Israelis and Palestinians work it out. They don't think a good a good way to solve this dispute is through settling it, but that's for the two parties to work out and decide on their own. Um, so it really go seems to be that that's the track that the American government is taking, which is that we're not talking here about occupations, we're talking about dis- 
disputes. Disputed land. Yeah, disputed yeah. land. Um, so, um, and uh, that's uh, and also Israel never re- did it after the sixty seven war. Again, in the beginning war, people ran away and some people weren't allowed in, but there was no real transfer of populations either. It's not only that people weren't transferred in, meaning people came there voluntarily, no one was really transferred out either. This um, wasn't a displacement effort. Exactly. Right. That the Arabs, there's still, exactly. what, what are the estimates are what, two and a half million Arabs living mm-hmm. in the West Bank? Something yep. around there. That right. population hasn't decreased in any way. It's only it's, grown exponentially. It's only, yeah, it's grown quite a bit. It's grown a lot, but what the settlement enterprise has done intentionally is to limit the way that the towns and villages and cities of the Palestinian population can also grow. So Absolutely. even the population has grown, but the density of their Population, populist Darius has also grown because they haven't got space to spread out and urbanize and things like that. Which right, goes to it. the argument, is is that smart strategy or not, but has nothing to do with the illegality. So I think that right. that, I mean, I think Matt's pointing out a very important thing when you talk about, yes, we can, there, we didn't transfer Palestinians out on in mass. Um, on the other hand, there's this sort of um, situation created where there is huge um, effects on their population and and their growth and their settlement. Infrastructure containment, Inf- uh, yeah. direction of resources, natural yeah. resources, water. Mobility. Yeah. Mobility, so so yeah. the Ju- so the Jewish settlement effort has led to an infringement on the local lives of Palestinians, mm-hmm. Arabs. Right. But not... Uh, I mean, I, I don't think anybody would claim that it hasn't. I mean, I don't know. I no, uh, no. go- people would so <laughs> there are people claim but that everything goes, but. yeah there are people claim just about anything but the, but the, in reality <laughs> the, there there is reason to have and there are there are arguments on both sides of the policy debate are 450,000 Jews living in the West Bank good for right Israel is it good for Palestinians and uh, is by the it way good when you Israel? use those numbers we we're talking about West Bank here we're going with the consensus in Israel, which does not include Jerusalem. Correct. Really. We we're we're That's referring right. to East Jerusalem as as basically part of annexed Israeli territory. Yeah, which was interesting, by the way, because if you read the reports of this in the Times of Israel last night when Pompeo made his announcement, it was they referred to seven hundred thousand settlers. Mm-hmm. So they were counting Jerusalem. East Jerusalem. Yeah. But what was interesting was when I looked to see who the journalist was, because I was surprised that they they did that. It was. Um, AP plus Times of Israel journalists together. Mm-hmm. So I guess whoever had edited it and taken that element That of was it, the AP's version. Yeah, they yeah. had corrected it or changed it. They just it. ran the AP story with yeah. some... Yeah. Which I found really interesting because I was surprised that the Times of Israel had used that figure and not the lower figure. Yeah, we're using the, the Israeli standard of and we, yeah. in this podcast because yeah. we're Israeli. We're <laughs> <laughs> I thought it's because uh, we're standard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it, it is. it is sort of... Confusing, isn't it? And and I mean that that ruling in what was it seventy six, uh, seventy eight, seventy eight, which said that it said that you know a peace treaty with Jordan would be the only way to change that status that would allow Jews to work. I mean the whole the whole ruling that so many things have changed since then. Right. Well, that, by the way, that's also in seventy. I don't know when month it came out in seventy eight, but that's really on the on the beginnings of the peace process with mm-hmm. Egypt. Right. Mm-hmm. But also, of course, the Jordanians have revoked claims to the land as yeah. well. So the question right. is, and let's say Israel decided to leave all the settlements tomorrow, decided to leave that land tomorrow. Like, where, where's it going to go? Like, who's it going to go to? Now, obviously, the consensus internationally is it should go to the Palestinians. But when you talk about returning land, there's no one to return it to, right? right. So that's also another complicated piece of this. 
Yeah. So so then I guess my- right. And that's like where our language becomes important. And again, we not to get too Talmudic, but right, the returning as opposed to right the the mm-hmm. and the returning sovereignty. There is no returning sovereignty. There has never been sovereignty. Right. In the West Bank. But there is returning Palestinians <laughs> to growth there. I don't know. Right. Well, returning is a bad ver- is not a helpful yeah. verb. Right. Exactly. A narrative obviously tells. Right. Language tells the narrative, and it's very exactly. hard to choose how to use the la- the right language that tells. In other the words, narrative. it would be allow Palestinians to have self determination in. in no, the, but that's part neither, of their, But as Matt's pointing out, that's neither here nor there in terms of Jews living there. There could be Palestinian sovereignty with hundreds of thousands of Jews living under their roof. Why not? There, are, there uh, are okay, two million then. Arabs living under Israeli rule. And they're Israeli citizens, so why can't there be a Jewish minority in a Palestinian state in the West Bank? So can I get personal? Are you going to say something bad about me? Or? <laughs> no. no, I'm going to ask you what Did would you... Did you use deodorant you, this morning, since you, <laughs> since you live in Efrat, which is in area that we're talking about, would you? what would you do if there was a situation where Palestinians would get sovereignty? Would you stay under Palestinian? Would you... Well, move, I interpret you? that hypothetical, yeah. which is wildly hypothetical. Well, wildly hypothetical, again. As living in peace with a neighbor, if if you can re- make such an arrangement, that would mean that the Palestinians had built up a leadership and a following that so embraced the idea of a of a valid two state solution that why not? Why can't we have right. Jews and Arabs on both sides? That yeah, why not? And, and wh- it's wildly hypothetical because the Palestinians said that any Palestinian state that goes in the West Bank would not include Jews. Jews it would have, have to, to be Judenrein, yeah. which is a crazy thing that we're negotiating with a body right. which has said we won't rule, we won't allow any Jews to live in our country. Right. What country says things like that? Mm. And that's by the international community. That's like, well, that's okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so then all Jews would have to leave the West Bank if there were a two-state solution. Right. Why is that normal? I don't know. I mean, it's not normal. It's right. crazy. And we all just we all just ignore that little blip in the two state solution right. story. Uh, uh, so, does any of this make a difference? No. Well, it doesn't make a difference, as you say, to facts on the ground. It doesn't make a practical difference. But of course, there's. I like to use the analogy that Mike uses as the difference meter that he talks about. Sometimes you can't necessarily say how much difference something makes or how significant it is. Um, but what we do know is after all of this happened last night, Prime Minister Netanyahu was thrilled, he yeah. was delighted. So at least it makes a difference to him in some way, whether that's in terms of his attempts for the coalition or whatever it is. It's made a difference. To It's emboldened him. Um, even Benny Gantz came out and said, we support this. We think this is a thank you, America. So they're all still vying for it in some way. Again, facts on the ground, it doesn't change. But in terms of the rhetoric and in terms of the puzzle of what's happening in a greater picture, I think it does make some difference. I don't know what difference, but it does make a difference. I think if I were a college student on campus and there was a, let's say an anti-Israel person, let's say, let's say it wasn't a real honest conversation about the Middle East. Let's say it was somebody from BDS Mm -hmm. who I think we can agree is is not as much pro-Palestinian as it is anti-Israel or sees pro-Palestinianism as being anti-Israel. And they said illegal settlements. And I, as a college student, say, what do you mean? You're in a college in the United States. The United States has just determined, just, and the State Department just announced that there's a policy that says that it, is, it isn't illegal. I, I think that's unpersuasive on any college yes, campus I, to I, any I, audience that's interested in that conversation. Absolutely. I agree with that. All I'm saying is the fact that 
Prime Minister Netanyahu made an announcement and Benny Gantz made an announcement. That's all. I don't think yeah, it's th- making any practical difference. 30 seconds of, you know, headline. Is not and a little blip in his, the Israeli political moment yeah. that will dissolve into the chaos that is Israeli right. politics at the moment. I mean, really, what, do, what does it change, especially when you have, like, Europe is now writing on their products you know, it's legal. Mm-hmm. It's it's been legalized well, in Europe that you have European to run your product Union. in the European Union. That the products originating in the West Bank from Seems Jewish working. from Jewish settlements in the West Bank right. need to be marked um, as coming from the West Bank. And again, they haven't boycotted. It. They haven't said you can't. They just have to label it. Label it. Whereas you know, so I, I just I just can't look. It, the Trump administration has been uprooting the post World War Two. Um, norms. Uh, norms of, of foreign policy and all those. Been you know, the, so the norms just, from five years. It's just ago. A, it's just another one again, and it, it makes his base happy. It, you know, he's he wants to distract as much as he can from everything, and so you know, it's another one of these things for that gets a headline. Evangelical Christians are thrilled. Yeah, yeah, they're delighted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it gets a it gets a headline along with the the impeachment hearings in the New York Times and the CNN and Fox. What have you, and 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 that's it. I mean, what does it really do? It doesn't. It doesn't create. Is no. There's no. There's no ramifications from a, a statement like this. I mean, it, it's nice as an Israeli, if, especially one who lives in uh, Fry. By the way, don't forget there was not before this. Like American businesses were not. It was not illegal for American businesses no. to deal with the the settlements and the thing. I mean, it doesn't change that, right? I mean, no. if if it had been illegal for American businesses to deal with the settlements, let's say, or to import things from the settlements. So then you could say, oh, this is a major policy change, but it's not. It wasn't. Well, so I will say that I, I don't know that it's going to be a big publicity boost for Israel around the world or Israeli policy I, I, around the world. I, know, I think that, the, opposite. The, the opposite. Could yes. be the opposite. Headlining. But, but I will say as an American citizen who lives in the West Bank, it feels good that my <laughs> that a country I'm a citizen of doesn't consider what I'm doing to be illegal. Right. Oh, good. So you could wake up better in the morning. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't having – well, I sometimes do have a problem waking up because I'm old. But uh, but it wasn't really bothering me. Right. But, like, there is a positive. You know, okay. That's nice. Yeah. But I, I agree with you. I think the impact could be negative also, especially because around the world, there's a certain group of people that do not identify with Donald Trump. And anything that Donald Trump does thinks is a bad thing. So because Israel has li- aligned itself so firmly with him, Bibi Netanyahu has aligned himself so closely with him, it could have an o- the opposite effect. Yeah, but I'll go back to Alan's original comment, which is how many people are really going back and forth about the recognition of the Golan policy? Mm-hmm. I think most people in most parts of the world forgot that even happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We remember it because we're Israeli. But to this this is going to be pretty quickly right. forgotten, I think. I don't think I don't think it's a big deal. I wonder if they're going to build a West Bank settlement called Trump like they did like they're going to do with the Golan. They're building Neve Trump. Now maybe they'll build uh, <laughs> They're going to build well the Trump, even, the Trump Yarda. There is, <laughs> there is an evangelical Sorry. Christian-funded <laughs> museum, Friends of Zion in Jerusalem, yeah. that wants to do a whole exhibit on Donald Trump. Maybe they're going to build one of those like big uh, Trump towers in uh, in a frat. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little hard to do in Hill Country, but I'm not an engineer. I'm sure they could figure out a way to do it. Maybe they'll call the new tunnel road. They'll call it the Trump <laughs> Tunnel. I don't know. Look. No, so I, I think we have to take into account that when we teach our students, and I, and I believe this pretty strongly, that in a democratic society, you have to pay attention to what's going on in the news because you have to be aware when to contact your representatives or how to vote. There are things that pop up in the news that become 
pretty temporary blips, right? Absolutely. I completely agree with you. Yeah. So worth noting, worth discussing, even worth uncovering a little, but none of us think this is going to make a very big difference. Agreed. I don't think it's going to make a big difference. I think it made a short-term difference to the headlines last night, and that's good. Okay. And as you say, that way we can investigate things more carefully. It gives people the motivation to go look into them more carefully, to learn more about it, which is a great thing to do. Exactly. Everything is a good excuse for a teachable moment to bring out the issue and clarify it. I used it this morning in my class. I taught this morning about the Palestinian narrative, and straight away I walked in and said, guys, some of you heard the news last night about Mike Pompeo. Boom. It took us straight in in a great way. Yeah. And, you know, here are the legal issues, both sides. Exactly more or less what we did in this podcast. You know, is it talking about the military control or is it talking about Jews living there? Yeah. So, yeah. So for us, it's always a good teachable moment. For our listeners, don't stay tuned to this story because we don't think it'll have legs in the long run. All right. Well, thank you, Matt. My pleasure as always. Thank you, Alan. Thanks, Mike. And thank you, Ben, for engineering us to the end of the episode, which this is. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Macomb Israel Teacher's Lounge podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, rate, and review. Join us next time.